Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I have another episode of Monday Night Madness where I'm going to give my review on WCW Bash at the Beach 1997. Uh, starting off the evening, we go to our first match on the card. It is Ernest the Cat Miller and Glacier versus Wrath and Mortis. Uh, starting off the match, Wrath and Mortis quickly attack Glacier and Miller in the middle of the ring. Glacier and Miller, though, are showing great tag teamwork in the match. Wrath hits a backbreaker on Miller. Glacier and Miller hit a dropkick on Wrath. Wrath then gets up, hits a big boot on Glacier in the middle of the ring. Wrath then hits a running senton off the apron on Glacier. Mortis then hits a super kick with Wrath holding a chair. Wrath then hits a devastating lariat on Glacier in the middle of the ring. Wrath and Mortis then hit a powerbomb neckbreaker on Glacier. Wrath then hits an inverted Boston Crab on Glacier. Miller then lands devastating kicks on Wrath and Mortis. Glacier then hits a devastating DDT on Mortis in the middle of the ring. Mortis then gets up, has a chain wrapped around his boot. Mortis hits a super kick with a chain on his boot on Glacier. Pins it for the three, and your winners of the match are Wrath and Mortis in a 10-minute match. Again, this wasn't a really bad match. It was a decent opening match. Obviously, there was a little heat and a, you know, kind of a, a rivalry, if you will, between Glacier and Mortis at this time um, that went on for probably many months at that time. So, um, hats off to Mortis for getting the win in this match. I kind of wish it was a clean finish, but unfortunately, we didn't get the clean finish. But hats off to Mortis and Wrath for getting the win. Um, after that match, we're going to our next match on the card. It is Ultimate Dragon versus Chris Jericho for Jericho's Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, starting off the match, pretty much a back-and-forth match between Dragon and Jericho. Dragon then lands a, uh, his kick combination on Jericho. Jericho then gets up, lands two devastating power bombs on Dragon. Jericho then hits a suplex on Dragon in the middle of the ring. Jericho then hits a backbreaker on Dragon as well. Dragon gets up, hits a belly-to-back suplex on Jericho. Jericho then gets up, hits a power bomb into a pin on Dragon, pins it for the two. Jericho then hits a huge botch off the top rope on Dragon. Jericho then goes for a top rope maneuver off the top rope on Dragon, but is met with a drop kick from Dragon. Jericho then hits a suplex on Dragon on the outside. Dragon then hits an acai moonsault on Jericho on the, on the outside as well. Dragon then hits a hurricanrana on Jericho. Dragon then hits a step-up enziguri on Jericho on the outside. Jericho then hits a signature lion salt on Dragon in the middle of the ring. Dragon then gets up, hits a moonsault off the top rope on Jericho. Jericho then hits a roll-up on Dragon, pins it for the three, and your winner of the match, and at that time, still WCW Cruiserweight Champion, is Chris Jericho in a 13-minute match. Again, you guys know how I felt about the Cruiserweights, especially in WCW, man. It was absolutely phenomenal talent, phenomenal athletes, and, you know, this right here just goes to show you how good, you know, these Cruiserweights really were. Now, I feel like the crowd at the time really wasn't into this match, um... But I thought Dragon and Chris Jericho did a really good job in this match. They gelled in the ring perfectly together, and it just made for a really good match. But hats off to Chris Jericho for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we go to our next match on the card. It is the Great Muda and Chono versus the Steiner brothers. Uh, starting off the match, Muda and Chono quickly attack the Steiners. Steiners then hit a clothesline off the top rope on Muda and Chono. Scott hits an underhook powerbomb on Muda. Scott then hits a press slam on Muda in the middle of the ring. Rick then gets tagged in, hits a power slam on Chono. Muda then hits a head spring back elbow on Scott. Scott then gets up, hits a belly-to-belly suplex off the top rope on Chono. Rick hits a belly-to-belly suplex on Muda and Chono in the middle of the ring. Muda then gets up, hits a Frankensteiner off the top rope on Scott. Rick hits a German suplex on Muda in the middle of the ring. Scott then hits a signature Frankensteiner on Muda. Scott then hits a DDT off Rick's shoulders on Muda. Pins over to three, and your winners of the match are the Steiner brothers in a 12-minute match. Again, this really wasn't a bad match. I think at the time, they were really setting the Steiners up to face off against the Outsiders for the WCW Tag Team Championships at the time. 
Uh, big fan of the great Muda as well, man. The great Muda was an absolutely phenomenal athlete, man. Great talent. Um, who's made a really good name for himself, obviously being in Japan and in the States. And uh, I don't think a lot of people realize how long he was with WCW. I mean, he's with WCW since, you know, the early 90s and did a phenomenal job. I know he had a lot of good matches with Sting. I remember the Halloween Havoc match, if I'm not mistaken, that he was teaming up with, uh, it was Muda and Terry Funk versus Sting and Ric Flair, which was a phenomenal match. And those guys beat the hell out of one another in that match, just made for a phenomenal match. But uh, hats off to the Steiners for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we're going to our next match on the card. It is a six-man tag team match. It is Lismark Jr., Juventud Guerrera, and Hector Garza versus La Parca, Villano, and Psychosis. Uh, starting with the match, Villano lands devastating chops on Garza. Garza then gets up, hits a springboard arm drag on Villano. Guerrera then hits a head scissors takedown on La Parca on the outside. Garza then hits a crossbody off the top rope on La Parca. Garza then hits a springboard moonsault on the parka as well. Lismark then hits a crossbody off the top rope on Villano on the outside. Guerrero then hits a springboard off Garza, off Garza's back on the parka to the outside, which was absolutely brutal. Garza then hits a standing moonsault on Villano five, pins him for the three, and your winners of the match are Lismark Jr., Juventu Guerrero, and Hector Garza. And what I thought was an absolutely phenomenal match, 10-minute match, very back and forth. The one person that really stood out for me in this match, honestly, was Hector Garza. There's a move that he does. I think it's called, like, La Pancha, if I'm not mistaken, or a Pancha. Uh, it's like a uh, corkscrew crossbody that he does. And uh, that was one of the moves that really stuck out for me in this match. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, obviously, you know, rest in peace to La Parca. Phenomenal athlete as well. Uh, Juventud Guerrero was another good athlete. Very good cruiserweight. Psychosis. Psychosis wrestled all over the world from Mexico to the States. You know, in different promotions, ECW, he made a really good name for himself over there. Uh, I don't know much about Lismark Jr. I'm sure, he, you know, he had a lot of good matches in Mexico and stuff like that. But very good match, very action-packed. And hats off to Lismark Jr., Juventud Guerrero, and Hector Garza for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we go to our next match on the card. It is Kevin Sullivan versus Chris Benoit in a career match. If Sullivan loses, I believe, <clears throat> I believe the stipulation of this match was whoever lost, obviously, their career was done in WCW. But um, there was a big beef going on between Benoit and uh, Kevin Sullivan way back in the day, man. Those guys beat the hell out of one of you know each other, and every single match that they had against each other. So this match was just another you know another example of that. But uh, starting off the match, Sullivan and Benoit both exchange in the middle of the ring. Sullivan uh, hits a suplex on Benoit out of the ring. Jacqueline then attacks Benoit on the outside. Sullivan then throws Benoit into the stage setup. Sullivan hits Benoit with a surfboard. Jimmy Hart then attacks Benoit at the ramp. Benoit then hits a suplex on Sullivan. Benoit then applies a crossface on Sullivan in the middle of the ring. Benoit breaks his own hold. Jacqueline then pulls a chair from under the ring. Jacqueline then hits Sullivan with a chair shot. Benoit then goes to the top rope, hits a diving headbutt on Sullivan, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Chris Benoit in a 14-minute match. Honestly, it wasn't really a bad match. And like I got, well, like I told you guys before, every time that Sullivan and Benoit got inside that squared circle, man, they just beat the hell out of one another. And again, this is just another example of that. So hats off to Benoit for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we're going to our next match on the card. It is Steve McMichael versus Jeff Jarrett for Jarrett's United States Championship. Again, this was kind of a you know squash match, in, in my honest opinion. Uh, McMichael does hit a boss man slam on Jarrett. McMichael then hits a high knee on Jarrett as well. McMichael then hits a power slam on Jarrett in the middle of the ring. Jarrett then hits Michael with a briefcase that he got from Deborah. Pins McMichael for the three, and your winner of the match and still at that time, WCW United States champion is Jeff Jarrett in a seven-minute match. Again, 
you guys know how I feel about Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael. You're not really going to get a full-on great, like, great match between those two guys. I'm sorry. If you're a Jarrett fan, I do apologize. It just, it, I never really got in tune to his matches. I feel like they were very lazy, very lackadaisical. And I feel like in some kind of small ways, he was kind of stealing some gimmicks from Ric Flair. I just didn't really like it. So uh, hats off to Jared for getting the win in this match and what I wish was a clean finish. Um, after that match, we go on our next match on the card is Scott Hall and Randy Savage versus Diamond Dallas Page and Kurt Henning. And I believe this was Kurt Henning's first WCW pay-per-view debut uh, for WCW. But starting off the match, Diamond Dallas Page hits a lariat on Savage. Hall throws a toothpick at Henning. Henning then spits the gum at Hall. Henning then hits an atomic drop on Hall in the middle of the ring. Savage then hits an axe handle off the top rope on DDP. Perfect then attacks DDP on the outside, thinking that DDP attacked Perfect. Hall hits a outsider's edge on Diamond Dallas Page. Savage then goes to the top rope, hits a signature elbow drop on DDP, pins over to three, and your winners of the match are Scott Hall and Randy Savage in a 10-minute match. Again, wasn't a bad match. Obviously, there was a lot of heat between Diamond Dallas Page and the NWO for many, many months. Um, it was really cool seeing Kurt Henning. Man, and to be honest with you, Kurt Henning is very underrated. I feel like people don't give him enough credit where credit's due. One of the best intercontinental champions of all time. Um, and it's really a shame what they're doing to the Intercontinental Championship right now in the main roster. I think it's an absolute joke. Uh, but Kurt Henning was an absolute phenomenal talent, man. Great talent. But uh, hats off to Savage and Scott Hall for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we go to our next match on the card. It is Roddy Roddy Piper versus Ric Flair. Uh, starting off the match, Piper hits a shoulder tackle on Flair. Piper then lands devastating chops on Flair in the middle of the ring. Piper then hits a back body drop on Flair on the outside. Piper then pokes the eyes of Flair. Flair is then going after the leg of Piper. Piper and Flair both exchange in the middle of the ring. Flair then applies a figure four leg lock on Piper, but Piper breaks the hold. Piper then hits a neck breaker on Flair. Flair then gets up, hits a low blow on Piper. Referee does not see it. Piper then hits a back body drop on Flair in the middle of the ring. Piper then applies a sleeper hold on Flair. Flair breaks the hold. Piper then applies a figure four leg lock of his own on Ric Flair, but Flair breaks the hold. Piper then hits Flair with a fist protector. The four horsemen are here. McMichael hits a devastating tombstone pile driver on Piper. Piper then gets up. Him and Flair both exchange in the middle of the ring. Piper then applies another sleeper hold on Flair. And, and Flair goes to sleep. And your winner of the match by submission is Roddy Piper in a 13-minute match. Honestly, this is probably one of the best matches on this card, to be 100% honest with you guys. I thought this match was absolutely phenomenal. Told a great story. And I know before they had a tag match with the Outsiders. And I thought Piper and Flair would have made a great tag team. And I feel like the thing with WCW that WWE kind of fell off with and the reasons why Hogan and Savage had left WWE to go to WCW is that there was still a lot of good matches on the tables on the table with some of these legends, like having Piper versus Flair, Hogan versus Savage, Hogan versus, you know, Ric Flair, so on and so forth. And I don't think Vince really saw that back in the, at the time um, and thought it was just, you know, kind of, you know, it kind of did what it did and that's about it. But. Honestly, this was a phenomenal match, very back and forth, told a great story. So uh, hats off to uh, Piper for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we go to our next match on the card. It's the main event of the card. It is Giant and Lex Luger versus Hogan and Dennis Rodman. Um, again, this was really a back and forth match. Um, there was a lot going on. A couple of things I took away from this match is, number one, was Dennis Rodman's arm drag that he had on Lex Luger. It looked absolutely perfect. His tie-ups, though... Absolutely hilarious. Um, the other thing I took away, too, is Luger. Luger putting pretty much everybody in a torture rack after the match. Luger does put a Hogan in the torture rack, which causes the win. 
for Giant and Luger. They ended up getting the win in this match, which I thought was a decent match. But it was just crazy. Everybody was booing Dennis Rodman, but until he hit that arm drag, everybody was just going bonkers, going crazy in the arena. Everybody was at the edge of their seat, standing up, chanting Dennis Rodman and chanting the worm and all that other stuff. It was just absolutely phenomenal stuff. But like I do with every single one of these shows that I do, I, you know, you guys know by now, if you swing by and check out the podcast, I always give these shows a rating. I'm going to give this one a break. I'm going to give it a six, six and a half. I don't think it was the worst, but it definitely wasn't the best. There were some matches on this card I honestly could have done without that I felt like just weren't needed if I was booking this. Uh, Muda and Chono versus Steiner Brothers. Now, Muda, I don't know how he got involved in WCW, to be honest. I mean, I'm a big fan of the great Muda. I think he's a phenomenal athlete. But I feel like they could have given the Steiner Brothers somebody else for a number one contender spot. Uh, Kevin Sullivan and Benoit was a really good match. The McMichael and Jarrett match was just, to me, awful. I'm sorry. Like I said before, if you guys are a Jarrett fan or a Steve McMichael fan, I'm sorry. But you're not going to get a really good match out of Jeff Jarrett or Steve McMichael. It's just not going to happen. And I don't know what the hell Flair was thinking about putting him in as a a, a horseman. I don't know, maybe McMichael threw him some money, maybe an autograph or something, or maybe like, you know, some kind of Bears memorabilia or something. But <clears throat> there was no way in hell that he got into the horseman just based on, you know, his wrestling persona and, you know, his wrestling ability because he didn't have one. It was a joke, absolute joke. But I will say the match on the card for me would be Piper and Flair. And the other match besides that that I would put right behind Flair was that six-man tag match with uh, Liz Mark Jr., Juventud Guerrera, and Hector Garza versus Milano, La Parca in that match. It was just absolutely phenomenal. It was just great, man. Psychosis did a great job, too. But he was also involved in that match. Just a really good match. So that is my review on WCW's Bash at the Beach 1997. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful. And remember, stay classic. Peace.